Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me, Young Vander. Holler at the people. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we had a hell of a week nine. That was a crazy Sunday of football. We got news and notes for you, waiver wire goal. We got your trade targets. We're going to make sure that you have everything that you need to be successful for the rest of the season. Follow us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. This week, we are going to go live just before kickoff so we can handle your start sit questions live just before kickoff also if you have any dfs questions just before kickoff so make sure you stay tuned for that promos advertising hit us up at fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n at gmail now let's hop right into your news and now your fantasy news all right, let's start out with your injury news. Ryan Tannehill is still recovering from his ankle injury. He was inactive on Sunday, which gave way for the young buck, Malik Willis, to get out there. So he is still tending to that injury. It's not much said what's going to go on with that this week. He's going to try to get out there, but we just don't know about that yet. Aaron Jones was in a walking boot after Sunday's game. This could be a potential game changer based on how well he was doing. And those that held on to Dylan or those that can go get Dylan, if anyone dropped him or whatever the case may be, he may be in for a little bit more volume, but he really didn't do a whole heck of a lot with the volume that he got even when aaron jones went out of the game is dylan somebody that you're looking at or is this going to strictly be based upon whether or not jones can get back definitely dylan will be somebody you're looking at if you need help at the running back position hopefully if you had aaron jones you had the handcuff also this could be a little opening for a guy like colin hill as a waiver ad so a lot of people be looking at Dylan, but a guy like myself, especially in the dynasty or in a bigger league, I'll be looking for a guy, Colin Hill. Green Bay also had rookie Romeo Dubs out on crutches as well as in a boot after week nine. It said that he has some type of an ankle injury. They haven't gotten the x-rays back yet, so we don't exactly know what we're looking at, but I got a feeling this is going to be a high ankle sprain and he's going to be out for a minute. He caught one pass for 18 yards, so it looked like they were going to use him and as soon as he caught that pass he went down another injury to green bay in a woeful season christian watson also in green bay he had an under uh, an evaluation for a concussion so yet another green bay guy out 
Mark Andrews is injured for this evening's game, so likely it's probably going to be the one to get the run there. Hopefully, it isn't something that takes him out for multiple weeks, but based on the way the coach was talking about Andrews' shoulder injury last week, I didn't think he would be out this week. Is this something that Andrews' owners should pay close attention to? No, I mean, I, I feel he was going to miss this game as you know anyway. Um, do that okay. the bye week. Do that the bye week is next week. Gotcha. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not really a surprise for me. I think after the bye, he'll be back to normal. Now, there's been some scuttle, but by Odell Beckham Jr. himself stating that he's looking at four teams. He put Green Bay, the Buffalo Bills, the Giants, and the Cowboys as his four teams that he may take a look at. I'm interested to see his logic in that. He can't be looking at just this year if Green Bay and the Giants are in the loop. So I'm thinking he's looking at teams that may give him a multi-year deal as well as teams that may be in the hunt. Do you have a preferred spot for him? I honestly think that in this particular instance, the Cowboys kind of make the most sense based on their long-term and short-term need for him and where they're going to be as far as being in the hunt when he's ready to play versus going to like a, you know, a Green Bay or he could go back home to the Giants. Maybe that's a whole new regime. Maybe he really likes that area. But for me, I think it's down to the Giants or or the Cowboys. So, So he actually gets the run that he is looking for versus being a decoy most of the time yeah well that's the logic it depends on what's important to him he's like all four of those teams and all four of those teams really tell the story the packers that mean you really want to play ball the giants the homecoming the news right i'm in new york the endorsements cowboys i want to win and they don't have any and they don't have any wide receivers either the cowboys i really want to win buffalo i really want to win and also von miller's on the team yeah so um it's pretty much laid out it's either he want to win or you want to get paid, number one, also factor that. But teams like the Giants or the Packers, the more media teams will probably pay them the bigger dollar because the other teams are pretty much stacked. It's get paid, play in time, or just win. Those are pretty much the three things. I mean, with those four teams, whichever he feels like is more important to him, being that he already have a Super Bowl ring, a Super Bowl ring. So I don't know. It'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks to see what happens with that because that can definitely kind of sway which direction the likelihood of a championship goes. Um, especially if we're looking at um, if he just goes to the Bills and says, "Hey, I'm gonna go where I think I'm, I'm most likely to." put another ring on my finger that that would kind of take them over the top that pretty much wraps up your injury news unless i missed anybody can you think anybody of importance that went down yesterday that didn't come back uh, no, mostly guys on the on the defensive side um i could tell you about activation though uh, sam donald's been activated right yeah um so that's something you got to quarterback issues Especially yeah. if you're in a super flex or a two QB league, um, he he could possibly be on your waivers. So that's something to look to look to right there. But that just about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into the week nine review. All right, so week nine had several surprises. Uh, let's hop right into it. You had the Eagles take on the Texans. That ended up being a 29-17 victory for the Eagles on Thursday. Pretty much this game was about as expected. No reason to go into detail. The guys that were supposed to do what they did, did what they do. You got anything special on this one? Nothing special. Uh, Just really impressed with the way Damian Pierce looked. I think this guy has a a bright future. Definitely. 
um, he's kind of the, the silver lining right now. You go ahead and you add the quarterback that they should get in this uh, offseason, whether it be draft, trade, or um, free agency, whatever they end up doing. They should have a, a nice little nucleus. I'm going to need a wide receiver, too, because I don't think Brandon Cooks wants to be there anymore. So we'll kind of have to see how that part goes. Packers went up against the Lions. Now, this is one of the surprises of the week. One of the worst defenses in the NFL went up against one of the GOATs, and they shut the Packers down. I don't see Green Bay getting out of this conundrum that they're in this year, and it is completely affecting fantasy. The one guy that they had that was the silver lining in the dark cloud, which was Aaron Jones, if he can't go, I don't even know how they start to put points up because Dylan still isn't even with the additional touches he he's not himself this year like I don't know what the heck is going on with with Dylan uh man with this situation here I mean all I got to say is uh Aaron Rodgers led a team in rushing well damn <laughs> <laughs> what else need to be said for that I mean this offense is horrible it's, it's really bad Again, I agree with you. This would not be fixed this year. Just too many holes. And I think they're too far behind to catch up. Uh, so I don't see them making no playoff run. Like, it's bad. Because anybody that comes in new, they said there'd be some chemistry built there. You know, I have Rodgers is about that. So um, I watched this game, man. A lot of bad. I mean, Rodgers had his share of bad throws. A couple tips here and there. But also, there's a lot of people running the wrong routes. Sammy Watkins, I mean, like, he'll throw a slant. And it, and it looked like. Well, the guy would run a slant and look like it should have been like a, a out. Like it was just like right. no one is where they're supposed to be. And, now, uh, I saw some passes, too, that were just <laughs> bad passes. So. Yeah, he threw, a couple he threw a couple of interceptions down in the red zone. Uh, they yeah. could have scored twice. And that's how they would have needed to win. So, I mean, we yeah. can say what we want about the routes and the, all that kind of. I mean, it's like what happens beforehand affects what's happening in the moment with Rodgers. And a lot of times, you know, the – previous play where the wide receiver dropped the pass gets him all wild up and now the next thing you know he's throwing errant passes that should have been touchdowns it's like you know the chicken or the egg situation at this point but green bay is looking bad right another surprise the jets beat up on the bills with that being said there weren't very many fantasy implications in this game i still don't like zach wilson Michael Carter may be one of those guys that we'll talk about, you know, if you need running back help, he still may be sort of cheap, at least a lower cost than than a lot of other running backs that are putting up similar numbers with a bigger name. But 20 to 17 victory for the Jets over the Bills. This was a surprise to a whole lot of folks, especially in the betting world. I mean, the Jets defense was able to stymie the Bills offense, which is honestly the, the biggest thing to look at as far as fantasy was concerned. This was one of the first weeks where, you know, the Bills didn't put up 30 plus points against whoever the opponent was. So I'm thinking this is more of a blip on the radar and not, you know, teams that figured them out. I think this particular team had the pieces that they've literally put their team together with the pieces to be able to take on the best team in the division. Just it's a sign they're going in the right direction. And even with a horrible quarterback, they beat the, what is considered the team with the best odds to win the Super Bowl in the NFL. This year. Uh, the Jets coach, they say he was keeping those receipts. So, yeah, <laughs> that was talking, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But uh, again, like you said, this team, it seems like it's built for this team. 
you know, styles make fights. And this is just like the perfect storm, you know, as far as for the Jets. Like, this is the team. And then they'll go out next week and lose to the Browns. You know what I mean? Right. They go lose to the to the, the hell, they go lose to the Packers next week. That's just how this right. how this NFL works sometimes. Um, but the team is really geared to stop this type of style of football. Just a testament to that corner, that corner man, uh, those young corners. I mean, Sauce Gardner, the boy, that boy good, man. He is. That boy, he he the real deal. He got mm-hmm. got on the first pass. And first play of the game. Got any any right. any other time in the game. And that was it. Sweet route by Diggs, though, that first play. Man. Yeah, it was well, like a quick stutter and a phew, You know yeah. what I'm saying? But uh, after that, clamps. It looked like the touchdown, the same move that Hartman did on the one to kind of, you know, wiggle past his defender. But Diggs did it in the middle of the field against who looks like already one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He which is definitely playing. Say. I mean, I know you put a top five up. Nobody would probably put him in their top five because, you know, he's a rookie. But he's as far as like playing, it, yeah, he's playing like a – he's playing definitely to that level. Quarterbacks are already starting to avoid this dude. <laughs> he's a rookie. It's crazy. Yeah, my, my division definitely has uh, – we're going to have our work cut out for us as Patriots, but I'm glad we got our win in on yesterday. Uh, put the clamps on the on the coats, 26-3. to three. Sam Essinger, Ellinger, whatever his name is, he ain't it. Um, he's not fantasy relevant, and he's making the Colts pretty much not fantasy relevant. Well, that along with JT still being hurt. Deion Jackson didn't have the a day reminiscent of his past day when he took over, but that has a whole hell of a lot to do with the defense he was going up against as well. I still don't think the Patriots' offense runs quite like it could. I'm still looking for that opening where Zappy might be able to get in to show what he can do. He's he's just a better passer of the ball. He's more comfortable with passing the ball based on the offense that he was in in college. And, you know, Mac Jones really didn't have very much competition in that secondary playing it for Alabama. You know, all of his wide receivers were two feet in front of their defenders. So he, all he had to do was get the ball. All he, all he had to do was be accurate. He didn't have to take any chances. So it looks like he's afraid to take chances now. That can really hurt fantasy-wise at the end of the day when you're not willing to take chances. But ended up putting up 26 points this week up against the Colts. What do you got on the Patriots and the Colts going forward? I mean, not much to say about the Colts, man. This team is bad. Um, it seems that they're serious about winning. They need to put Matt Ryan back in the game. Like, this guy, Sam Ellinger, is just not the answer. I understand, like, you might want to switch it up, and but this is not a, the right switch up. You need to go back to the guy that you paid to get in there. The run game, I mean, with the injuries of Jonathan Taylor, the run game has been nothing. I'm not comfortable playing any Colts, to be honest with you, offensively. No Michael Pittman. No, no one. Like, that's just how bad this team is right now. In Myers, Jacoby Myers with New England, he was able to have a a light day for his standards. He caught five or six targets, managed 42 yards. So he did what he does in PPR, which which just gets you double digits on a bad day. Hunter Henry caught all four of his targets for 50 yards. Ramondre Stevenson led the team with seven targets. And with Ramondre Stevenson, you know, he's a guy that I'm standing in the flames with. He only rushed 15 times for 60 yards. He had a three catches for 10 yards. He did have a touchdown as well. He's still the eye obvious uh, kind of workhorse, if you will, just to kind of put a stamp on the day that Sam Ellinger had. He only threw for 103 yards, 15 out of 29. Through an interception, took nine sacks, nine of them. Ran for 39 yards on five attempts. 
he actually led Indy in rushing. So the same thing that we said about the Green Bay game with Aaron Rodgers eating the team rushing, double down on that as far as Indy was concerned. So that was definitely a game that they're going to kind of want to burn the tape on and move forward. The Chargers pulled it out. Um, <laughs> Chargers against the Falcons. I still don't exactly know what the hell they're doing as far as not giving Pitts any type of red zone looks or or not giving him very many looks in general. It's like they forgot who they actually have on their team. This guy, he had an amazing rookie year. He only had seven targets this go around, which was 29%, which is a, a tick up from what it was before. But two receptions, only 27 yards. I mean, it's 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 hard to envision someone who had the year that he had last year having a year like this this year. Pitts continues to struggle. Mariota still isn't anything special, but I mean, at this point, with a couple more losses, there's a possibility that we may see Ritter. The Chargers ended up pulling it out 20 to 17. They have injuries galore on this team. So most of the fantasy relevant guys really didn't go unless you were playing the substitute guys other than Eckler, obviously, and Herbert, which they continue to do their thing. But Palmer ended up putting up points. It wasn't anything spectacular, but, you know, if you needed to fill in, especially with buys and all that kind of good stuff, great job there. Everett continues to be a, a steady Eddie as far as tight end is concerned. Nothing spectacular, but in the world of tight end where you can get one point, <laughs> two points, just depending on who you got on any given week. He continues to kind of be the guy that you got for nothing and is paying dividends. What you got on this matchup? Definitely. The, it's time for Mariota to go, man. I get it. Y'all won a few games, but um, this offense is stagnant. Like they've been able to run the ball pretty well, pretty decent this year. But I mean, it's another game. He got 129 yards passing. Like, come on. Like, what is this? You, you talk about Pitts. He missed him on like a 50 yard, 50 to 60 yard pass. Yeah, I saw it that. Would have been a touchdown. Like, what are we doing, man? Your biggest weapon is not even able to be used correctly due to the inefficiency of this quarterback play. It was good to see Cordell come back out. He was stud. You know, play well. Again, if this team is serious about winning, it's time to look into making a change. Like, I just don't think this is the answer, to be honest with you. Like, again, kudos to Palmer. I spoke on him as far as a great DFS play. He had 106 yards receiving. Wasn't able to reach the end zone, but he definitely uh, did well. For those guys, uh, probably one of the biggest takes out of this game as well. So, you know, it seems like Spiller, Isaiah Spiller, has maybe taken over that second, second running back role uh, behind Eckler. So that's something to watch as well as the weeks move forward. Yeah, Patterson was able to have himself a game coming back. Thirteen attempts, forty-four yards, two touchdowns, one target, one reception. There, this guy, when healthy, he's proven to be that guy. <laughs> this was. A concerted effort on the Falcons' part to make sure that he got the goal line touches. It could have easily just as been, you know, Allegier or Huntley or Avery Williams or whoever. But it's a now a matter of is this what they're going to do weekly, or are they going to let the bigger guy, which is Allegier, get the goal line touches or at least split them? Um, and this was just kind of to get Patterson's feet wet again. No, I, I really think Patterson's going to be the guy moving forward as far as the volume. Like this is his first game back, so he didn't carry the ball very much. But I think moving forward, he's gonna one of those guys is gonna be xed out, whether it's um, Huntley or Allergy. Like one of them gonna take a little back seat. Huntley, I mean, they got a pretty good split going, but I, I think Patterson gonna be moving closer forward to twenty touches 
while the guys probably, you know, bust up the next five or six carries a piece. The Vikings went up against the Commanders. This was a 20 to 17 point victory for the Vikings. This was a very entertaining game. It looked kind of bleak for Cook early on, but he ended up catching a sweet touchdown pass. Like, I don't even know how he saw the ball coming. It went like right over his shoulder into his hands. Sweet touchdown pass from Christian Kirk. Cook is one of those guys, as long as he's on the field, you know, you start him. He's somewhat matchup proof. He'll he'll get it done one way or the other. He just had 47 yards on 17 carries, which is only 2.8 yards per rush. But he did get that 12-yard touchdown, which definitely salvaged his day. Two receptions on six targets. So they're trying to keep him in the game any way you slice it. TJ Hawkinson stepped in and was immediately the Vikings receptions leader. So they weren't playing any games. They went out and got the guy that they wanted, and they immediately put him in the flames. That speaks volumes for what we should see from Hawkinson throughout the rest of the year. He led the team with nine receptions on Sunday. And again, this is his first game with the team. He caught all nine of his targets. This is a guy who is immediately paying dividends. And I think he is going to fastly develop a relationship with Kirk Cousins. And this may be the cog that kind of puts the offense in overdrive because now you can't just look at Justin Jefferson, who ended up with seven catches off of 13 targets for 115 yards and a touchdown himself. Adam Thielen, he got seven targets. Only three receptions for 67 yards, but even he didn't kill your day if you're looking at PPR. And then the standard league with the way some of these receivers are going, uh, six points may be a godsend. Stats for uh, Washington, McLaurin led the team in targets again. He's obviously Heineke's favorite guy. This is the second straight game in which he has led the team in targets. He only caught five of nine for 56 Curtis Samuel beat him in receiving yards, taking three targets for 65 yards and a touchdown. He had a sweet, like, 50-yard score that <laughs> you, you got to see it. He didn't get hit, but it looked like he got hit, and he kind of, like, rolled and flipped between three. It was weird. At any rate, he had a super ridiculous touchdown there. The other thing that I'm looking at, Antonio Gibson, I know what the coach said, but He's outproducing Brian Robinson at this point. They split almost evenly. I think he's walking it back. Gibson actually had eight more snaps, and that's because he can catch the ball. So he was out there on third down a few more times than Robinson would ever. Are we thinking that Gibson is kind of taking back over that role? And what do we have as far as the Vikings? I mean, don't look now, but the Vikings are seven and one quietly. Correct. You know, you know no one's really right. talking about this team. You know, you hear all this about the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bills, but this team is seven and one. I mean, they're really like running away up, with the division. You know, really it ain't sneaking. Even close. Yeah, they they they're like what my grandma used to say. They're walking quiet with a big stick. Well, let's say something about the. Uh, commanders real quick. Brian Robinson really ain't that good. Let's just face it. Like he's okay. He's a, he's a journeyman running back with a right. really nice backstory. Right. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to be back on the field playing, but he's okay. He's he's not your typical Alabama running back. I'll tell you that. He's not one of those guys. But um like you said, I mean Gibson is the the more talented guy in the backfield. Not sure what the personal beef is. And I know how it is as a player. Sometimes, you know, coaches have it out for you. And maybe that's what it is with um, Rivera. But he's better than Robinson. Let's just face it. I did see that play with Curtis Samuel, man, where Heineke, he just really just threw that ball up. And it, uh, <laughs> Samuel made a play on it. A good play there. Very, very, very impressed to see how TJ Hawkinson, I mean, first game, like just grabbing a playbook, getting nine balls. Like this could be something. 
You know what I mean? I spoke on this, like, this team been looking for a tight end for a long time, and it seems like they finally got one. Jefferson was able to get back on board. He had a couple slow games, a couple slow weeks, but he's back on board. This uh, Minnesota team is it's, it's quiet, moving, moving along. They're going to make some noise. Yeah, the Panthers go up against the Bengals. This game was out of hand and out of hand early. All I can say about this is Joe freaking mix. This guy won a lot of weeks for people. This guy cost a lot of people games that probably should have won. Otherwise, there probably could have been any other running back in the league this week on your team other than Joe Mixon, and you would have beat your opponent. Hey, keep trucking along. It happens. Same thing happened with Kamara a week before. Like, you're going to have that guy. I think the week before that, it was Henry. Like, you're going to have that guy that just happens to have a hell of a week. All you can do is keep moving forward. Hey, it's 0 0 come playoff time. So keep fighting. But this was a, a pretty good game. We had, it, it could have been an even bigger game for Boyd. He had a, a reception that he caught it in the end zone and his momentum was carrying him out of the end zone. And they said that he, it wasn't a, a, a completed catch until he was like on the half yard line or something like that. But it looked like a touchdown catch to me. But at any rate, uh, Higgins had a decent game, but Mixon did, you know, most of the damage. Burrow did what he does. The Panthers, I don't know. Oh, like is is Baker Mayfield the quarterback again now? Um, it looks like PJ Walker's carriage turned back into a pumpkin, and they didn't do very much at all. Is and now if Baker Mayfield is back in, are we back to seeing what we were seeing from DJ Moore? What, what's going on here going forward? Firstly, I was one of those guys that was a victim to Joe Mixon. Mm. We're not gonna compare this to Kamara. We're not gonna compare okay. this to Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago. Like okay. this, dude, this dude had. 51 in standard league. So I don't know, in a PPR, you probably have like 54, 55. Uh, yeah, 55. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's two quarterbacks worth the numbers. That's 50. <laughs> and then, I mean, to, to add, uh, man, look, Ed, I'm probably going to lose my game because of this one guy. Pretty much. That's it. Like the, the dude, rest of the dude team didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? It's just this one dude, man. He's like a one-man band. I mean, I've seen this. I take it back years ago. I don't know if you remember. This could have been six-plus years ago. Remember Doug Martin did the same kind of thing? Yeah. Remember that one yeah. year? Like, he just went. Yeah. No, matter of fact, I think it was two years. He did it twice? Yeah, he did. I think he did it twice. But he, his first six games, he had like a whole season worth of points. I remember exactly. Yeah, this this dude had like a 50. <laughs> and again, it's like, man, how do you – you can't combat that. More than likely, if you went against this guy, you lost. That being said, I'm still kind of hurt by that, to be honest with you, man. <laughs> Look, that's how I felt last week with Kamara. And the crazy thing about it, I'm still in the game. I have one player left, but damn, like, it's hard to, like, combat that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is. He, he got it going early. I think he had 30 at the half. You know what I mean? He already had. So, But, but you know he, what I'm noticing, though? Now we're going to go back to the guy that should have always had a, you know, a healthy amount of targets and carries because Chase is gone. Right. It, it's like it's like they, they were heavily leaning on the pass. Now they're leaning on it just right. And they're giving Mixon his touches, too. So I hope they remember this formula because it works when it works. But it's hard just to activate the run because we need to, not because it's something that we've been doing. Right. Yeah, with the, with the Chase injury, he's the guy that, that really seen the uptick, if you look at the percentages. Him and Boyd, for sure. All right, but as far as the Carolina Panthers are concerned, I mean, they just activated Sam Donald, so we don't know what that means. But Baker was able to come in and throw a couple touchdown passes. Baker's also, great when it don't matter. I mean, like that. Yeah. He, he, he's yeah. a, if he's front-running or if there's nothing to lose, he's awesome. One of the things that was kind of like forming, I was surprised by his play, 
Yeah, uh, I think this game's, but you know, it's all about it's matchups, it's right? Styles, so this game, this, this game the got away early. Have a sneaky defense. Pe- people sleep on the Bengals defense. They actually have a sneaky good defense. Well, not just that, but this game got away kind of early, so he wasn't able to do his thing. Like he's one of those True. guys that have, he's not really the third down type guy. Right, he got to be up, and they just you know letting him pound and pound. But um, with this game getting away kind of early, he wasn't able to be on the field. He only had seven carries. That says that I mean PJ Walker, you know the the slipper came off. You know what I mean? Back to the ghetto you go. You know what I mean? See, moving on down. Yeah. <laughs> and it says I mean again, we may see another chop to DJ Moore's value. It looked like he was trending up, but now with this quarterback carousel, we don't know which way he's gonna go. I would say sell if you can. Probably gonna be harder sell him to a Carolina Panther fan in your league. Um, yeah. But this is probably a good time to sell right now. Other than that, this is a pretty pretty good game overall. Just like I said, got away early. Again, I'm a little hurt with the mix and play. I did win some money with mixing as far as DFS because he's a guy that I did have on my team. Hey, so. there's the consolation. If you hey. got a guy that, that you think may wreck your weekend in your seasonal league, start him in DFS. That way you feel a, a little bit better if he does go off. <laughs> we had the Jaguars go up against the Raiders. Man, look at here. Somebody about to get fired in Las Vegas. Like this, this ain't gonna go. They spending way too much money. They got way too many pieces to be losing like this. Um, they lose 27 to 20 to the Jaguars. And I mean, Adams had a game for sure. He had he had a game for the ages. He, he put up 25 points in standard league. So he's probably closer to 30 points in PPR leagues. I'm pretty convinced that either the quarterback or the coach is going to go. And it may be during the season if it's the coach. I, I can't see continuing to lean on the both of them. So there has to be a shakeup with Vegas. As far as the Jaguars are concerned, Trevor Lawrence didn't tank your game for you. He put up just under 20 points. So decent for where you were able to draft him. ETN is still doing what he does. I think he's going to be, again, a surprise for the season based on on the moves that the Jaguars made. We have a few guys there. Zay Jones was able to put together a decent game. He was a guy that in a league that I had quite a few people on by, I went ahead and picked him up and threw him in there. I figured he would be uh, decent. He ended up getting five targets, five receptions, 40 yards. Nothing spectacular, but for a little waiver wire last minute play, um, he got you a few points there. I think he's going to be a guy that they continue to go to. Marvin Jones still hasn't had his three touchdown game, so that's soon to come. Um, that's just as much clockwork as it is that Kamara is going to have the type of game that he had last week, at least once a year. So it's a couple of guys that still have their quote unquote breakout games in front of him. I think he's still going to be one of those guys at some point. He is still getting his targets. Evan Ingram ended up getting hurt in this game and Dan Arnold came in for him. We'll see how that progresses throughout the week. Oh, just real quick. I'm not sure how they're going to fire the coach when he just got there. Uh, he wouldn't be the first. Yeah, I mean, um, but watching, the Raiders, yeah, but watching the Raiders play, I'm not sure if it's the coaching. I guess coaches always, you know, a lot of times get the blame. Yeah, the, inc- the, the coach or inc- the quarterback get the blame. Yeah, the inconsistency of David Carr. He's not like he, he's been pretty bad. You see a couple of highlights here and there, you know, with Devonta Adams, and you're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, as a, as a whole, he's been pretty inconsistent. But are they tied at the hip as far as Carr and Adams? The crowning jewel that you just paid all this money to come in, do you lose his favor, if you will? Hell, Adams should be mad at Carr. I know he like, is, but that's still his best friend. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> cool, you know what I'm saying? I get it, but if anything, he should be mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
Oh, he is. You can tell on the field. They, they yeah, do. his numbers should be a lot better. Even though Adams is playing pretty well this year, he he's been playing really well on the field. If you watch him, like he's been getting open a lot. A lot of miscues, throws, things of that nature. The run game has also cooled off. Jacobs has cooled off. You know, he had a hot couple, like three weeks, and then now he's cooling off. The Jags, ETN, what can I say, man? This guy's fish grease right now. He's probably going to win a lot of people, a lot of leagues. If he was able to fight through that early storm, Lawrence continue to do what he do. It don't look pretty, but fantasy-wise, the points are there. That's what Lawrence has been doing this whole year, so. Yeah, the Seahawks go up against the Cardinals. This was a 31 to 21 point victory for the Seahawks. And don't look now, but they're first in the division. And it's not even close as far as which team looks the best. I'm starting to believe that they knew what they were doing and they sold Denver some fool's gold and they knew that they had a guy that could run the offense just as well. The other thing that struck me in this game, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Hopkins was kind of on a little bit of a hot streak there in the beginning of the game. He and Kyler Murray had some kind of little spat on the sideline. And I don't think he got another target for the rest of the game. That was eye-opening to me. Yeah, that's alarming. Yeah, very much like like to, to be that petty in, in the game that you're behind in. It, that didn't that didn't strike me the right way at all. I mean, look at him. He just got into a little spat a couple weeks ago with the coach. We told with him the coach, him, yeah. Chill a, chill a f out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This kid is he's a snobby, arrogant he's a punk. He's you know a what punk. I'm saying? <laughs> he, he, you can tell he's he's kind of like cocky. Yeah, he's the, he's the guy. Like he he has he that done nothing. Arrogance. He's that yeah. guy. I ain't yeah. done nothing, but I'm the man. Yeah, but he did nothing. But this thing, though, he's been great so long in life, right? You got these kids, you got to think about it. They've been good since Rick League, right? Right. Then you have people telling them, you're the greatest, you're the best, you're the best in high school. Right. And then high school, you're the man in high school. And you win state championships. And you go to college, and you're the man in college on the campus. And some people don't know how to, you know, wear that jacket. And he's one of those guys, man. He's, He's a cocky little thing like bro you're not and you're not that good you're not you're not playing that well you know what i'm saying to to have that kind of like you with Aaron Rodgers has that little you know about him you're like what well, hey that's I am Rogers. who i am you right. know what i'm saying right. exactly yeah this dude has it like dude he's done nothing yeah like he's done nothing out of here, now, so. now i will give him credit he did have 71.4 percent completion rate on sunday but i mean he, he threw two TDs, one to Hopkins, one to Ertz, but he wound up with just 175 yards passing. Um, he had do? 60 rushing yards, but, um, I mean, he's the, – the reticence that they had in giving him that contract is showing that they they right. were right in, in kind of fearing what this could look like by tying themselves to him long-term. Connor led the team in the run game again, so it looks like uh, ETN's uh, hot streak, if you want to call it that, or at least his streak of involvement has been cut down a bit. Connor returned Sunday after missing three games to a rib injury. He led Arizona with seven carries, rushing for 45 yards, and receiving, um, he had five targets for 19. Eno Benjamin only logged four carries for 12 yards and caught one target for 15. He's the backup. Um, Rondell Moore was the beneficiary once Tyler uh, decided that he was going to be petty. Um, so he ended up drawing the team's high 10 targets in the loss. He caught eight of them for 69 yards, uh, followed by Zach Ertz, who had eight targets, who caught five for 40. And the Andre Hopkins had four catches 
on five targets. And as I said, most of those came in the first half prior to that argument. They need to get that under control for real. Um, Geno Smith was 26 of 34, so he had a 76.5% completion rate. And he's at the top of the league right now as far as QBR and things of that nature. He had two touchdowns and interception. He found Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for his two scores. He also got Noah Fent involved. Uh, Fent led the team with six, six targets. Five catches, 96 yards, so maybe Noah Fan is about to be a thing now. Um, Disley was the guy that was getting most of the tight end love, but they, they have two tight ends to speak of, two wide receivers, a running back, and one Mr. KW3, Kenneth Walker the third. He rushed 26 times for 109 yards, two touchdowns. He also had three catches to 20 for 20 yards on four targets. It's his fifth straight game with at least one touchdown, his second with two touchdowns in the past three games. This kid is doing what he was brought in to do. It's, it's, I told you guys in the offseason that once Penny got hurt, and I knew he would, Walker was going to be that guy, and he is. So stay in the flames with Walker. What you got on that one? No, nah, I mean, again, I feel the same way about Walker like ETN. This guy's probably going to win some people some leagues. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are a sound team. They're playing really sound football. Uh, Geno is just doing what is asked to be done. I mean, he's going. they're playing great football. I mean, as a collector, they're playing solid defense here and there. It's it's just a really good football team. I don't really want to say too much about them. I mean, as far as financial implications, I mean, it's Walker and, and, and Geno. Uh, Metcalf and, and Lockett are pretty hit and miss. Uh, but as a collective, as a team, they're really good. The Cardinals, Kyle Murray, man, he remind me of what's my guy from the Bears. Um, oh, Jay Cutler? Yeah, he got that kind of spirit, man. <laughs> You know how Jake Cutler used he to got, be like? He got the man. deep ball and a bad attitude. Yeah, like, you right. You know what I'm saying? He got that kind of spirit, right. man. I ain't feeling him. You know what I mean? So You right. You right. Uh, I would sell him. if I, I mean, Not just because of who he is, but the name itself. Maybe you get some more production. Because, I mean, from what you spent on him, the draft pick you spent on him, you're probably not getting the output like you thought you was going to get. And with this team, like, it's about to sputter. It's already a bunch of arguing. It's coming, between it's the coming that time of the year. Uh, yeah, so, man, spend him. I would I would sell him. Be honest with you, this backfield is horrible. I mean, James Conner, like from where you draft him, Matt, you was expecting more. I mean, he came off like eighteen touchdowns last year. This year, I don't even think he reached the end zone yet. So it's just been it's been bad. So. Ain't that crazy? The tell of two seasons, right? Yeah. You got the Rams and the Buccaneers. I won't spend very much time on this one. Brady came through in the clutch, but both of these teams are playing bad football. There is no run game with the Rams, and they. Other than Cup, there really isn't much to speak of in the past game. With the Buccaneers, hopefully they get back to where they were. But right now, they're just mediocre. The thing I was saying is starting to come true. Pay attention. Fournette had nine carries this game, right? And that boy Rashad White had eight. He's on his heels for sure. Now he's right there. He's looking like a 50-50 split at the backfield right now. So that's something to watch. I mean, what can I say, man? Brady threw the ball a whopping 58 times, man. 58 pass attempts. Like, but hey, he's undefeated as a single man. So <laughs> as a, yeah. as a he's undefeated. The, the, the part you left out is he only connected on 36 out of that 58. Right. He only ended up with 280 yards and one touchdown. So that's a whole lot of passing and not a whole lot to show for it. And the guy that ended up with the touchdown was a guy that nobody was starting, Cade Otten. Well, so, a lot of people was there and start. I mean, if he, he was a streaming tight end. A few people have started him, you know what I'm saying, some leagues streaming. But he, he looked good. I mean, Cade Otten, he's the guy now that uh, the tight ends are down. He's the next man up. I mean, 
So, you know, Brady, he's not one of those quarterbacks that locks in on anybody. You know what I mean? So anybody can get involved. The Rams, I mean, what can we say? Cooper Cup is who he is. Stafford is who he is. You know what I'm saying? At this point, like he's on the on decline as well. This backfield, a lot of question marks, man. Cam Akers, he was uh, activated, and he only had five carries. Allen Robinson, again, another pedestrian game. Three balls, 24 yards. Not much to see there. I think this is also a dark horse team for Odell services as well. So I know you may list it four teams. I don't teams. think you'll go there. They're losing too much. They, they, I don't even think they'll have a chance to make the playoffs. They'll take another loss or two. Yeah, but what city are they in? Yeah, I get that. But there are other teams in California. No, but it's, there's no place like L.A. He put the Packers on his list, bro. So he ain't, he definitely ain't talking about winning. We yeah, want to bring I mean, that but, up. But he but he didn't put them on the he didn't put LA on the list. So, no, but I, mean, I still think well, that, I, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, but I think I think with Green Bay, he he feels that he can go in and be the Devontae. And to end his career being the man with all the question marks in the middle of his career where no one knew which direction it was going to take. I think that's the reason why if you if you go to Green Bay and the offense turns around you'll be able to say it's because of you. I think that's the reason why he's looking at Green Bay. But No, nah, I'm just going to say real quick, I just think L.A. is a team. like just don't, People love to be in L.A., man. It's just the, the vibe. And the guy, let's think about who we're talking about here. We're not talking about Amari Cooper, you know, somebody that's quiet and don't say much. We're talking about Podell, the blonde hair, dancing around, TikTok, and smiling. I think he actually prefers New York over Cali, though. Keep it above. I don't know about if, that. If he's just going to pick his city, I think he prefers New York. He he got mo- way more notoriety. Here's the thing. Cali is so full of stars that he's just, you know, amongst. In New York, he was a shining star. He was in the news every week. He was on the front Because he was playing the well. This one, he was he's 100% healthy. And they have a good team. And no, their best wide receiver is Darius Slate. He would still go back. It would be a, it would be like a Green Bay situation, but going home. I'm going to ask you a quick question. You said they're a good except, team. Except not the quarterback. You said they're a good team. Are they better than the Rams? Right now, yes. They're playing no. better than the Rams. They are playing better but than are the Rams. They, are they better than the Rams? They're playing better than them. Are they better? No, I'm, this is yes. Are they better? Yes. No. This year they are better. They are. I mean, they're not I, a better team than the Rams. If you had to take over a team, which one are you gonna take over? I feel you, but this year they're better. I mean, I hear you. I I I, I, I even a, agree with you to a certain extent. But I'm just saying, if he's looking at which team is most likely to be in the playoffs and most likely to make any noise, now you know if the Giants get in the playoffs, they're gonna get smoked. You know that. I thought they was gonna get smoked this season. I don't know. They, Only who, thing they're missing is a wide receiver at this who point. Who have they beaten though? That you thought they was, you know, all I mean? the like, teams that they had to in front of them, other than no. what, what are they? Two losses now? One loss? But what I'm saying is like have they did it, one loss? The same way we're talking about the Vikings, we gotta talk about the Giants. They haven't that's that's cool, but they haven't really beaten any teams of, you know what I'm saying? They got past the Ravens. I give them that, but they lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the uh What's the other team uh, that was pretty decent? I mean, they just lost to the Seahawks. Okay, yeah. The Seahawks beating everybody, I mean, right now. So, right, um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, this team ain't really like that. You know what I'm saying? This they, they, is about to pick up a little bit, and we'll see. They probably get past the Texans, who's horrible. But they got to play the Cowboys right. again. They got oh, to play Saquon the, might go off. They got to play, <laughs> the Eagle, they gotta play the Eagles twice, and they got to play the Vikings. Yeah. So to, we yeah. talk after that. Yeah, yeah, I want to see them against the Vikings. That'll be a good one, for sure. The Chiefs went up against the Titans. This was a 20 to 17 point victory for the Chiefs. I think two things can be true. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill seem to be better without each other. I don't know how, but Tyreek Hill is 
with the Dolphins, they put up 35 points against Chicago. They won by three. He's right now on pace to have the best season of, of his career. Patrick Mahomes is on pace to put up some astounding numbers his damn self. So maybe them not depending on each other was the best thing for each other. Man, I, I thought Brady attempted 58 passes or something. This dude attempted 68 balls. Ridiculous. <laughs> he young uh, enough to get through it, though. <laughs> this game was pretty entertaining. Titans started pretty quick. But, but they stepped up, really. They did, but they got away from what they was doing. They stopped running the yeah. ball. Like yeah. It's already known that Malik Willis is not a good passer the ball. And they run yep. the ball on first down and then throw two passes. Like, no. They showed that Malik keep running. Yeah, <laughs> keep running the ball. You know what I mean? So, I didn't like the play calling late in this game. Uh, like you say, uh, Mahomes is having a great year. I mean, it's different when you don't have to lock. I think he's one of those guys, he don't have to lock on anybody. I know everybody like Tyreek, but the engine that keep this team going is really Travis Kelsey. I'm saying I get it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You know what I mean? So Juju's stepping up a little bit, but he's definitely injured. Yeah, I think Juju has, you know, got a little more comfortable in the offense for sure. Tony did get in, caught a couple balls. I guess as the season move on, he probably get a little more comfortable in there. Throw him in there somewhere. Not a whole lot in this game, man. It's just Derrick Henry. It's just the Titans is boom or bust with him. The pass catchers are bad. Not good quarterback play. And they, they stuck around. They played a good game, but I think the play call in is the reason why they fell at the very end. And that wraps up week nine's review. We're going to go ahead and get into a new segment. We're going to talk about your trade targets. All right. So I have CBS Sports most traded player list. There's the top 10. We're going to go one by one. Vander, let us know if you would target this guy or if you would avoid him. Fool's goal or very much valuable is what we're looking at here. Number one on the list was Kareem Hunt. Fool's goal or is he real? Avoid. Avoid. All right. Brian Robinson. Avoid. Tua Tagovailoa. Go get him. Najee Harris. Avoid. Gosh. <laughs> James Robinson. Um, This one's kind of on the line. If you need running back help, you yeah. If you do, I will. I, I will buy low. So yeah, I would say go get him. Because Carter is no stranger to injury itself. So I mean, right. who knows? He may be a starter before it's all over with. Deontay Foreman, go get him. Raheem Moster, I would avoid. Is he actually going to make it through the fantasy season this year? He may. He I've seen him. But Wilson but, is coming in, kind of taking a little bit of his cookie too. So he, he got a couple of carries uh yesterday, right? Don't get me wrong, I like Moster. He's ideal for this offense. Yesterday he only had nine carries. And he was playing against one of the worst run D's in the league. He played against Detroit a few weeks ago, or the week before. One of the worst run teams in the league. He didn't do much. I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't mess with him. Miles Sanders. Go get him for sure. Dak Prescott. Yeah, go get him. And lastly, David Montgomery surprisingly outsnapped Khalil Herbert. 13 attempts to Khalil Herbert's, I think he had three or four attempts this week. At one point, I thought Herbert was kind of sneaking up on him the same way we were looking at Rashad White with Fournette. But it's looking like as the weeks go by and he gets healthier, he's their guy. I wouldn't go get him, though. Okay. I mean, would you sell him or keep him or how, how would you how would you look at him? It depends on the, the way my roster looks. You know what I'm saying? He would be a good sell, though. I would like to sell him. I mean, if you look at the, the for what level of candidate, or would it have to oh, be a package? It don't have to. Be, I mean, if you if you now if you have Herbert as well, then the buyer may want to get both of those guys together. Uh, if you need some wide receiver help, maybe your third wide receiver you want to make stronger, or maybe some quarterback help if you're in a two quarterback league, or maybe what if you're level the, of wide receiver would you go out there if you were giving up both of them? 
or one of or one of the other of them. At least a wide receiver too, as far as the tiers, you know, in that mm-hmm. in that lane, you know, you, you won't be able to get the cups and, and Jeffersons of the world, but so who's that like a Evans, a I'm trying to think of wide receivers um, in that. You know, let's see. Tier. I would say someone like um, in the in the in that Metcalf, you know, in that in that kind of category. Well, yeah, well, some, okay, something yeah, something yeah, like yeah. something like in that range of a wide receiver. Okay. Like, okay, I got you. Um, who else? I can name a good one because I, I want the people to kind of have more of a clear. Not scary Terry, or or is that kind of lower? Than I would want some a little bit a touch taller than him. You know, what I mean, a little bit better okay. than, than Terry. I would want better than Terry DK at the higher. Right. So okay, in, in, gotcha. in, up in that lane, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I mean, if well, you look at, because I'm on, you got to look at his playoff schedule. Number one, week 14 is when playoff starts for a lot of people. He's on a mm-hmm. bye. All right. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to even be there. Week 15, they got the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then if you do make it to the Super Bowl with this guy, they're playing the Bills. Yeah. Go get you some help, man. Like, and then I think, I think Herbert is coming. Like, he just seems like he's the better talent out of these two. He might have outsnapped them, but even with those carries he did, he didn't do much with them. That about wraps up your trade targets for the week. Let's wrap up the show with your waiver targets. We'll shoot through these real quick. Most of them we have talked about before. Vandy, you can go ahead and start with any of your guys that you want to throw out, and then I'll I'll wrap up with the the few guys I have. All right, real quick, man. If you're in the waiver, we spoke on this guy a little early, man. I mean, he's probably – a free agent on your team if some kind of your league didn't hold him the whole season. But I would say Odell Beckham Jr. would be a good Makes guy sense. to to grab off the waiver. Of course, we don't know if he's going to be on the Rams, the Bills, whatever team he's going to be on. But he's probably a guy, when it gets down to the stretch during the playoffs, he may win you some games. And you may be a team that have a kind of weak at that third wide receiver. And why not? Hold you up a, a few little fab bucks on a guy like this and um, and bring him on my roster. Couple of guys. Um, if you're in a one QB league, Marcus Mariota may be available. If you're hurting bad, I'm doing bye weeks. Andy Dalton may be available. It looks like that's going to be his job to keep. As far as wide receivers are concerned, Jahan Dotson should be returning from injury. He could be a thing with Heineke. We don't know. We haven't seen it. We know that Scary Terry is the guy. Maybe that kind of splits, and he's another guy that can go up and get touchdowns. And maybe he's a little bit easier for him to get said touchdowns because of the level of competition that he'd be going up against. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones down the stretch with Watson coming back here in a couple of weeks. He's been used in the offense prior to, but Watson being quarterback, all ships are going to rise with that tide, if you will. It may take a game or so for him to kind of get back into it as far as kind of learning his guys, but that's somebody I would look at. Running backs, we talked about Rashad White before. He's still only 31%. Jalen Warren is only 6%. Right now, it looks like Pittsburgh is going to end up in a situation to where they're not going to have a chance at the playoffs most likely with the road they're going down and they may shut down Najee Harris I still think that Liz Frank is hurting him which may mean that you end up having a starting running back in a system that really only features one running back so volume will be king there Greg Dolchich is only 35% owned um, as far as tight end is concerned and we saw that he was being heavily used by Denver as far as defenses are concerned I still like what the Jets are doing 
If they can do that with the Bills, they can do that with anybody. And the Seahawks sneakily have a good defense as far as fantasy is concerned. If you have any troubles there, that about takes care of the waiver and that takes care of the show for today. We'll be back to you in just a couple of days. And again, remember, we will be going live on Facebook. Make sure you go ahead and join the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group so we can answer all of your start sit questions on Sunday. We'll probably get started right around 12 and that is Eastern Standard Time. We out.